Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reborn podcast, the show designed to help you keep a pulse on the fast-changing world of brick and mortar. As the world reopens and operators race to meet the rising expectations and demands of experience-driven post-COVID consumers, it's more important than ever to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends and technologies that will shape the future. In each episode, we'll interview successful operators, subject matter experts, and leading thought leaders who will share their insight to help you prepare yourself and your organization for what lies ahead. Here's your host, Bobby Marhamat, CEO of Radiant. Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Baruch Ben-Zekri. Hopefully, I got that correct. Welcome to the show, Baruch. Thanks for having me on. Yes, you did get it correct. <laughs> awesome, awesome. As I kind of was telling you pre-show, I read a lot about you, your background, what you're doing now, and really excited to dig in here. Yeah, great. Yeah, let's get to it. Awesome. Before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about the journey and what got you to Out and Back. Yeah, sure. Happy to do it. Again, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to tell our story. So yeah, I've sort of been in the apparel, footwear slash outdoor space my whole life. Believe it or not, even growing up in the Bay Area, my parents owned like a small chain of clothing stores. So this is something that's in my blood, so to speak. But as I sort of came up through the ranks out of college, I started my career at Levi's and I worked in San Francisco for Levi's for several years and sort of went into consulting from there and um, started my first company that uh, didn't work out so amazingly that I could tell you an incredible number of um, learnings and great stories that came out of that. But, but anyway, and sort of floated to VF back in 2014, I guess it was. And, and I worked at VF for some time and I had a number of roles there. But my last job there was leading their new business models function, which for VF at the time was sort of like its first version of an incubator, if you will. They have a much more robust program around it now. But at the time, we kind of started that. My team started that. And what we were charged with doing was building what we called user-centric, purpose-led businesses. And so, I mean, that's kind of corporate speak, but it it basically means that we were charged with building businesses for VF brands and alongside VF brands that had did two things. They made people's lives better and they made the world a better place. Those are like the two kind of criteria. Anything within that, we would basically work with. And so we played around quite a bit with uh, re-commerce. And for those of your listeners that aren't familiar with the term re-commerce, re-commerce is basically resale in all of its forms and fashions. So selling secondhand stuff. We did a lot of work in that. So we kind of gave the initial push on the North Face's uh, renewed business with in, in partnership with the brand, of course, did a, a few more of those with some of the other VF brands, tried it in Europe, et cetera, et cetera. And so we did a lot of re-commerce work. And basically, while I was there kind of had the epiphany, if you will, that the brands themselves were always going to struggle a bit with getting kind of large re-commerce P&Ls off the ground. And in in large part, it just comes down to the basic like mechanics of how these brands work and and sort of what gets oxygen and what doesn't get oxygen in the context of a very large business. And so I made the decision at some point, I guess in you know 2019, that I was, you know, I'm going to break off and do re-commerce in the outdoors. And, and that's what Out and Back is. Ultimately, we're a a managed marketplace for outdoor gear. So that's kind of where we started. And, and, you know, we've got dreams of going big and going horizontal in other categories as well. But that's a little bit of the origin story for us. And, you know, I was lucky enough through that process, starting the company coming out of VF to get them as sort of my first investor as well. 
So it was a great time to be testing e-commerce businesses when I was there. Uh, and they've been a great partner. VF has been a great partner since too. Awesome. And VF Corporation for, for the listeners own which, what kind of brands? VF owns brands like the North Face, Vans, Timberland, Smartwool, just ton, tons of brands, basically. A lot of them in the outdoor space. That's awesome. That's awesome. And now at Out and Back, for those that are not familiar really to e-commerce and what you do, give us a little bit more there. Yeah, so Out and Back is at its very core um, in its most simplest form, Out and Back as a managed marketplace. So a normal marketplace, for example, like eBay, where you know I, Baruch, am selling to you, Bobby, and you can sort of we manage the transaction on our own between the two of us, and the platform just sort of hosts that transaction. That's a normal peer-to-peer marketplace. That's what people normally think of, I think, when they think of secondhand marketplaces. Managed marketplaces is a little bit different. A managed marketplace exists because there is some market correction of some kind that needs to take place. And I can I can sort of tell you what we do in that space. But anyway, we are a managed marketplace in that we buy directly from sellers. We repair and refurbish and clean the items and then we resell them ourselves. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how our business model works differently to, to a normal peer-to-peer space. We're not consignment. A lot of the managed marketplaces out there are consignment businesses, which basically means that you know, you as a seller sell to the marketplace and then you only get paid when the item sells. We actually pay cash upfront for these items. You can get a little bit of a bonus if you take a gift card from any of our partners that we work with, like Dick's Sporting Goods and Public Lands. But ultimately, the person gets paid for their item as soon as they drop it off or as soon as we receive it at our warehouse. And then, of course, like I said, we we clean, refurbish, and, and then resell it on our own. So why do we need to exist? There, in the outdoor space, there's a bit of friction on both the seller and the buyer side of the equation. So when it comes to sellers, outdoor products are not cheap, but they're also not like super expensive. This is not like a car that you're not using that's sitting in your garage. And every time you walk past it, you're basically walking past this idle asset that you could turn into your next European vacation. It's not that expensive. So It's not like it's burning a hole in your pocket necessarily. At the same time, it's not so cheap that you're just going to donate these items. Yeah, They're too expensive to do that. So you end up in this weird zone where sellers, they don't have a huge push to sell their items because like I said, it's not like the car example. They also won't give it away. So what ends up happening is um, stuff just like sits in people's closets. (laughs) Yeah. And it just sort of stacks up. And then you talk to outdoor enthusiasts, which we do all the time, and they'll tell you they have these massive gear closets and you know, how much of it do you use? I don't know, 15% of it. Why don't you sell it? They're like, too much effort. Why don't you get rid of it? I'm not getting rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. So you, you end up in this weird zone where there's just a ton of sellers who sit on the sideline. And then for the buyer side of the equation, that same kind of price dynamic exists, but there's an additional layer that sits on top of that, which is basically trust. Outdoor products, it's not like fashion where okay, I bought this top or whatever from ThreadUp. And while it was a non-zero amount of money, it wasn't that expensive. And so if it doesn't fit perfectly, I might wear it once and then I'll decide what I want to do with it. Mm -hmm. If you've ever used like a tent that doesn't keep the elements out, like you're not happy. (laughs) There is no version of that where you're like, oh yeah, that's okay. Like, no, you're really upset. So for us, you know, we guarantee the quality of these items. We purchase them and we, we repair them if we need to. And so when someone's buying a secondhand item from us, which in the outdoor space, a lot of this stuff is like, they're kind of like tools more than they are fashion. They know they're getting something good and they know that it's going to have a consistent condition grade. And they know that if they don't like it, they can return it. And, and we offer 30-day returns to kind of back up that quality. Of course, we have a very low return rate. 
but we offer 30-day returns again, just as a, a reinforcing factor. So that's kind of why we need to exist in this particular space. What are some of the most popular items that you resell? Yeah. So as you might imagine, because of the category itself, like the stuff that we resell tends to be on the higher end of the spectrum. So we do sell like lower end. When I say lower end, I don't mean quality. I more mean price. We do sell sort of lower end outerwear and stuff like that, like fleece turns pretty quickly and so on. But actually, the things that we sell the most of are, are tents and backpacks. We sell a lot of tents, a lot of backpacks. They're expensive products. They aren't used that frequently for their particular activities. And so people kind of have this natural proclivity toward value shopping there because they're like, well, I'm only going to use this backpack, you know, whatever, once a month for the five months of the warm season, right? So we have a, a really strong value proposition for buyers on those those types of items. And then in the outerwear category, we sell a, quite a bit of, of what I would call high-end or premium outerwear. So very top-of-the-line shells, top-of-the-line insulated from some of the best brands. And again, it's like the value proposition is, you know, this stuff's not cheap, even coming from us. Because if it's a $700 jacket, we're still probably going to sell it for, you know, 350 or so dollars. It's half off, but it's not cheap. But coming buying from us and you know you're going to get this quality, all of a sudden it, it makes the secondhand purchase like very, very much worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. You recently you know, announced a great partnership with Dick's and Public Lands. Tell us a little bit more about that partnership and how it came about. Yeah, absolutely. We've been working with the Dixon Public Lands teams for, I want to say, like five or six months already. So we started with them back in April of this year, and then we just announced quite a substantial expansion to that partnership, including several more metros. And in fact, for all public land stores that open up in the United States in the near term, Out and Back will be a, their kind of trade-in partner, which is really exciting as that brand continues to grow and, and develop its retail footprint. We'll be in those doors. So in terms of how the partnership came to be, I think it's important to take a step back and talk about the seller journey for a moment. So basically, like in the e-commerce space, there's kind of two ways that people will sell stuff. And, and it's, you know, the kind of, we'll call it local pathway. And then there's the online pathway. So the online pathway is primarily how we started. And it's still a very substantial portion of our inventory take is like people coming to our website, they submit an item on our little sellback tool, they print their shipping label, which of course we pay for shipping, they print their shipping label, and then they send it to us, it gets to our warehouse, we check it in, they get paid. That's the online pathway. We had more or less disregarded the local pathway for a while. But as we were talking to sellers over the past two years that we've been running this business, what we found is actually like one of the biggest reasons why people would drop off from our process, even after getting their instant cash offer from us and their free shipping and the label and all that is because they actually hate shipping stuff. Like nobody, even during the pandemic, it's like, do yeah. I have a box to fit this in? Am I out of packing <laughs> the post office? Like all of these things like that, just even if you, you're giving this stuff away, like we offer free shipping and yet <laughs> we could not get people to just drop off these items. Yeah, uh, People don't have printers. Like, yeah. you know, you want, do you want someone to print a shipping label? They're like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was all this friction basically in the drop-off process. And then less important, but also still important was the psychological element of having to wait to get paid. So like when somebody would ship us an item, you know, it takes five days to get to our warehouse and then it might take 36 hours to get that item checked in and then they get paid. So like all in, they get their offer and let's say they drop it off that day. They still don't get paid for a week because there's a weekend in there, right? 
so we were like, you know what? We need help from a retailer or somebody who can kind of be a partner in the sellback process. And we, you know, looking for people who could mutually benefit. And that's frankly what Public Lands and Dicks are. We have a very symbiotic relationship with them. You know, it's a great partnership to the extent that we drive traffic into their doors and we sort of co-manage building that traffic quorum with them. Their associates are helping us to check this in. We've built custom software that runs this entire process. The person, the seller, they don't have to pack up their item. They can just drop it onto the table, the out and back desk which we have our own little like little kiosks inside their stores. They just drop it off onto that desk. The associate checks it in. They get paid before they leave that desk. It's so simple. It's so easy. And then, of course, you know, in this partnership, we now offer public lands and Dick Sporting Goods gift cards. And there's a, a 30% bonus on the cash offer if you decide to take it. So it's kind of like a win-win for everybody. And we're, you know, continuing to kind of build out a pipeline of retailers to partner with in this same vein. Makes sense. Makes sense. As you think about these partnerships and, you know, that drop off, making that super simple, part of that whole process is that experience when people drop off in a brick and mortar location. Overall, as you think about your strategy and, you know, in the coming years, will you expand that footprint or do you feel like you want to concentrate on a few partners and be able to go big with a few? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with whether or not there's brand alignment between us and the partner. You know, Dick's and Public Lands particularly are also well aligned because they sell these products. They're the right, you know, kind of customer or seller, I should say. So that really works. Like whether or not we're going to become kind of like a happy returns maybe is what you're asking. I don't think so. I don't know, though. So I'm I'm willing to concede that I may go back on this at some point. (laughs) um, Whether or not we're going to be available in every FedEx location, a lot of it has to do with whether or not you have this symbiotic capability with the partner. So can you both benefit from this? And as long as that statement continues to be true, then I think we'll continue to roll it out. But we're not going to force the issue. We're not going to put ourselves in a position where, you know, it's one-sided. Uh, have you seen any sort of early traction with some of these uh, these partnerships and people just being able to drop off versus having to ship? Yeah, absolutely. We've started to the initial kind of hits. We did a couple locations. We did Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, in large part because of the Dick's headquarters being there and uh, Denver, Colorado. And, and I mean, particularly the Denver store, I mean, performed amazing at the outset. I mean, it's just like people were coming in on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays pretty much throughout the day. And and we just garnered a tremendous amount of inventory from that partnership. What you find is there's just so much pent up demand for selling. And so when you drop that bomb initially, and people are like, Oh, this is amazing. And so quite a bit of traffic came in, you know, with this expansion, not only are we in more geographies, but you can now come in seven days a week, uh, as opposed to just being over the weekend, which is a big deal. And then what we found is even the stores that didn't have that initial necessarily drop, where, you know, there was like a line of people trying to sell stuff, the more their customer base has just sort of seen it, you get a very consistent drumbeat of just people like, you know, every day coming in, not some huge line or whatever, but the more it's there, the longer it's there, the more of their customers know about it. And there you go. After four or five months, it's like a really, really consistent, well-oiled machine that just kind of operates. So it's been really great so far. And that's, I mean, that's ultimately what drove the expansion, right? I mean, if it yeah, wasn't, absolutely. we wouldn't do it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. How important uh, Berg, is, is the customer experience for, for out and back? I mean, customer experience is critical, particularly on the seller side of the ball. Like we want people who are selling to us to feel like this was the easiest thing on earth. And when you look at the quotes that our sellers leave for us, like 
if it's not the first thing, it's the second thing that they say it was like, this was so simple, or I got way more than I expected for this relative to the effort. <laughs> this is so much easier than eBay. <laughs> Literal quote. We see that, yeah. all the time, you know, like, so we just want to be like, so simple. It takes two minutes and you just move on with your life. And we continue to refactor all of our technology products as well to keep making that seller experience and the buyer experience, frankly, just simpler and simpler and simpler and simpler. And in fact, in in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be launching a completely rebuilt seller experience on the digital side of things. And we have a really high NPS as a result of that, like, you know, in the upper 70s, low 80s for those drop-off customers, because they just really, they, it's just really, really simple. And so they're quite happy with it. On the buyer side, you know, the bar has been set real high relative to normal e-commerce and real low relative to -to (laughs) peer-to-peer marketplaces. (laughs) Um, So, you know, right now, like we find ourselves very much in the middle of that equation. And I'm really happy with that because frankly speaking, like we're not Amazon. So, you know, you're not going to get your package shipped to you within 15 hours or you're not going to arrive, I should say, within 15 hours of you ordering it. Or I mean, there's that joke of like Amazon now, right? Like where you just put your hand back and then someone hands you. <laughs> you know, like it's, we're, we're not that, we're not trying to be. What we want to do is translate the secondhand e-commerce experience, which is by and large been defined by the peer-to-peer marketplaces like eBay. We want to up-level that to be as good as what traditional e-commerce is. And I think we deliver on that. You know, and what we hear from our buyers is, I love the condition grade. This is exactly what I expected. And the item was a great deal. And that's as good as I think that we we need to be at this particular moment. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Awesome. What's the next few years look like for Outback? So obviously, we're going to run up the score on some of these partnerships, as well as developing additional ones that are specifically focused on retail. That's a really big part of our strategy going forward is the in-person and and brick and mortar side of things. We believe that that's likely to continue to be the center of this sort of trade-in, trade-up ecosystem. So there's going to be a lot more of that. And we've got some really cool partners coming up in the next several months. So that'll be really, really exciting. Our team is definitely growing. So we're bringing on new capabilities that we haven't used in a meaningful way in the past, particularly around data science and making sure that we are staying ahead of our own pricing algorithms. The way that we offer these instant offers to people on the on the seller side is, you know, most of our technology is actually focused in on that, that particular task, making sure that we never get screwed on pricing, basically. So we're, we're going to be continuing to build that out in a meaningful way and really take our, our current data to the next level so that we can be just more in touch with the market. And then, of course, you know, for us, it's growing sales is incredibly important and really building into the potential of this business in a meaningful way on the revenue side of things. And so I think, you know, the next few years is number one, going to be about continuing to win in supply. Number two is going to be about continuing to win in terms of data and then really building out the front end sales side of the business. Makes sense. Brooke, that was a wealth of information. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with our listeners. Before I let you go, any any sort of last thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, again, thank you for having me on. And, and I would just say the big thing that we sort of come to market with, the thing that differentiates us from basically any other managed marketplace out there, we make selling incredibly, incredibly easy. Our motto is sell in seconds. And we make buying something that you can have real confidence in. And so I think as long as we continue to do those two things really, really well, I'm just super, super excited for where this company is going to go in the future. So again, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And congrats on all the success. Thank you. Absolutely. 